Okay. Uh, you are back inside of an episode of Pop Culture POV. My name is randomly RJ. Um, David Yontef of Behind the Velvet Rope. He's got his mug merch going on and everything. David, how you doing? How has your week been? How has the pop culture uh, world treated you this week? And by the way, that wasn't a random pop. Uh, that wasn't a random pop. <laughs> like, as you introduce me, I'm just going to randomly take a quiet sip of coffee. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, right? It's been a busy week. I don't know. I feel mm -hmm. like now that it's the fall and the summer's really over. We, we just work a lot, right? We work a lot. And then if you're involved in social media on any level, you're sort of expected to be interesting with your work, you're supposed to have social assets, you're supposed to have Halloween costumes and the parties and stuff like that. And I was talking to you a little bit uh, before we started. We are not the younger crop of podcasters and, and YouTubers and stuff. And I feel because I started radio when I was 21. And back then I could do all the things. So I venture to know some of the kids that are really winning, you know, not the kids, but the 22 year olds that are really doing well. You can't sustain it. So what I like about podcasting with you is, A, we're of the similar, you know, mindset, but also that we take time to say, I can't do it all. There's there's you don't get you don't get a reward by being team no sleep. I got to tell you, team sleep is where I want to be. <laughs> kind of right. And like, look, there's only so much you can do. And if you really think about it, you're competing with yourself. You're not competing. You know, that's like my best life advice for anyone. Like, don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Look to yourself, right? Like, you should be competing with yourself. So if you can't get it all done, you know, you don't have to. You go to bed. You know, you get enough done, I'm sure. That's how well, I look the whole, at it. Yeah, the whole concept of doing independent content is you build it how you want to build it. So if you feel extra aggressive, go for it. If you feel like you need a little bit of a rest, you got to go for that too. Um, but you're right. It's been a really weird and busy pop culture, um, you know, last couple of days. Of course, the BravoCon in New York City at the Jacob Javits Center, that totally made stories and headlines and whatnot. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Bravo. There's one story I want to do too on um, bros just to kind of talk about how it did in the box office, where, why, and how. And then, of course, I wanted to ask you, um, David, uh, your origins of your podcast and just um, how you – I actually do think you did pace yourself because instead of going all through summer and working your butt off where you weren't really feeling good and enjoying the summer, you actually did something that I respect is you said, no, I'm going to Sag Harbor and I'm going to enjoy my experience. How was that detachment? Yet I think you were still working a little. I mean, I am glad that you think that I detached and had a wonderful <laughs> summer. Listen, don't let the I'm going to the Hamptons and Sag Harbor fool you. I was working from there. You know, I have a lot of shows that I record ahead of time. There's really everyone's like, oh, my God, you do five shows a week. I'm like, I put out five shows a week. Some weeks we record three. Some weeks we record 12, like I was just telling you. So I was lucky. Look, it was a slow summer in the sense of like, there wasn't a lot of people that were promoting things, you know, in my show being like mostly an interview based show of celebrities and like a lot of Bravo people. So it was slow, but I was able to catch up, but I was still working a lot, you know? So, but I'm glad that you think that I kicked my feet up and had a great summer. I think that's a good thing, but you know, I, I worked less than I'm working <laughs> now. Let's, let's put it that way. 
I just think it's important as the people who are not in our 30s anymore or our late 20s to kind of like talk about it. Yes, nobody thinks it's an attractive quality to say how old you are on the podcast, but I say I'm 42 each and every day. I let these young bitches have it because in my opinion, if that's the only way that we're all going to be able to age and grow within this industry. Um, so that's just me. But I wasn't always that way. I used to always be the same where I was like, oh, I don't really want to age because it's harder to get jobs. And it is. It is. I couldn't believe how easy my career was in my 20s. I didn't do nothing, and I kept winning. Now I do everything, <laughs> and I can't always win. But this home of doing independent content has been really, really great. Seeing what you do on Behind the Velvet Rope has been so motivating and exciting to me. So kudos to you, and um, I think we'll have a good episode here. I love it. And I do love, I mean, you know, I used to be in charge of hiring. I have a whole past career. I used to be a lawyer, but I was in charge of hiring like a Martha Stewart and advertising agencies. We don't need to name any one particular company. So this is not a knock against Martha, but age discrimination in the workplace is so relevant. I mean, I used to have people say to me, you know, we're not hiring that person. They're too old. Now, yes, that's illegal and all of that. Yeah. But, you know, they would say it to me as the head of hiring. I mean, and so it's, uh, you know, it's a real thing. It's a yeah. real thing. You know, you would be like, this person's great. It's not up to you. It's up to the hiring manager. So it's not putting weight on any, but you would hear that all the time. So it's a real thing. But yeah. that's why I love what we do because, you know, it's ours. You know, it's you're building something that, you know, I have had many offers to go to networks and iHeart. And it's like those offers are always so shocking to me because I would have taken a lot of these offers like the first six months I was doing this when I had no idea what I was doing. I would probably have considered a lot of these offers in the first year when I had no idea. Now mm -hmm. that the machine is running and I know exactly what I'm doing and it's making money. What am I getting out of this now? I mean, you know, I'm not trying to sound, but that's what I love and it sounds so sexy when you get that call from some big parent like i and then you really dig and you're like i don't know i'm going to be giving up a lot of control and i just know myself from you know that's the thing i guess about being older you know what works for you and what doesn't and i'm just like as great as this sounds this will be a disaster within the first six months trust me it's it's the lifelong uh challenge where the big companies are usually late to the party. So they never offer you something as you're growing and you can grow together. They usually wait for you to already be a foregone conclusion. And then they're like, oh, I want in on it. Well, listen, if you want in on all of this, <laughs> the price, what did Fat Joe say? Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> you know, it's like. Well, that's what I was going to say. Please do not misread this. I mean, I am available for purchase right now. <laughs> but you just got to do it right, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. TV or something huge that I can't do on my own. When it's a podcast, if it's like, we're going to, you know, maybe get you some ads. I'm like, well, that train is or like, you bring me a whole bunch of something I'm not doing or I can't do on my own. Yes. Yeah. Today's price. Yeah. Yesterday's the point of this conversation was just that, like, you know, we have the creative power to do what we want. And like I said, working in radio in 2001, I think it was none of that existed. You had to. And I think it's a skill set that I still carry on. You had to know how to not only cut your teeth to become good at what you do, but you had to know how to network. You had to know how to. I don't want to say schmooze because I was never of the vein of kissing ass, which is maybe why my career is where it's at. But you had to have a little bit of, you know, smoothness about the way you walked into a building the way you showed your skill set um so this is this is exciting for me because i almost didn't do this david i almost didn't do like the youtube stuff because i was like are you kidding me I don't, i've already been you know on fuse tv i was uh, you know i got to 
host uh, some shows there. I'd already done real uh, like little clips of reality. I've already done every radio station damn near imaginable. So I was like, I'm not going to do this, but I really find inspiration by some of the people that are in our peer group because it's made me jump back in. Anyways, enough of Ronnie. Cause no one wants to talk about Ronnie. You know what we want to talk about all the people that you've interviewed because you've interviewed everybody. Um, some of my favorites, in fact, but um, let's jump over to real housewives. Um, the franchise that I think is not even underrated anymore the 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 specific franchise that lots of people are talking about now real housewives of miami i in particularly enjoyed when you interviewed the great larsa pippen i think i've told you this before and i never let down so i wanted to know what you thought of the new trailer of real housewives of miami this would be season five i think it's going to be a great season right you know nothing is really Nothing shocks me, right, about the trailer. You know, we've heard things. I mean, obviously, it's going to be. Look, I feel like we got lucky two times in a row. You know, first, we had all this stuff with Alexia, which, okay, maybe she brought that to the forefront. But she did have this huge backstory, you know, on her ex who, you know, passed away and he was closeted. I mean, yeah really not have that when we left. So, I mean, in a way, I mean, she got a lot of flack. I mean, a lot of the Miami housewives that came on my show, not even just Larsa gave her flack of like, why are you bringing this up? And that's a whole thing of like, you know, Leah Black said on my show, like you added a dead man. Like, is that, do we see issues with that? You know, and I listen, I see both sides of it, but I get that like we as an audience didn't know. So we, we had to be filled in. This is a long, a roundabout way of saying like, this is one of these gifts now, not that I was harm on anyone. I mean, look what Lisa's going through. This ain't a storyline. Like this ain't a like, what am I going to talk about? This is real. So yeah, I feel like I think, and I think it's interesting. <clears throat> Lisa to me was, I was most disappointed season four in Lisa. Like just in terms of like, I thought she'd make much more of a splash. And for me, she kind of fell short. So whereas if last season was the season of Alexia, I think this season is going to be the season of Lisa. So I think it's going to be as a viewer. Look, we love change, right? We love when the dynamics change. So I think it's going to be a good season again. Um, Lisa, if anything, that last season, like you say, she was sort of setting up the nuggets of that because there was the emotional cheating. So that wasn't really the thing yet. But now as we see what's happening, it's like, oh, it's it's going down. Let's take a look at the trailer real quick. We could add, we, we could add that. And let's see. Pull the pull the audio up. Let's see what's let's see what's going on. I don't know if my marriage is going to survive. Is there anybody else involved? Because like, yes. Letty's dating her now. He's dating what? her. My husband's a top plastic surgeon in this town, and I'm his best creation. Love you. Love you too. Everyone loves to underestimate me, and I love to prove everyone wrong. My husband. Not the taglines coming back on you. Built the perfect life. (laughs) In the blink of an eye, my life changed. I'm losing my best friend, losing my husband to another woman. That's Lenny. Shove it up. This season on The Real Housewives of Miami. I'm putting bottles. I put raspberries. Like the one you grow up. The difference is I bought mine. My least favorite is that Adriana. Mm-mm. This is like the best representation of Miami that there is. Whose dog this is? Oh my God! 
He did not pee on my Birkin. <laughs> you travel in style, darling. Welcome to Bahamar. It's a celebration. We need to, as a group, learn how to put each other up on pillars. When they go lower, you go higher. You know what I mean? Like, no? No. Don't look at me like that. You don't tell me what to do, okay? You gotta respect me, period. No, what the f are you? You should apologize for the slander. Slander, slander. Oh, yeah, come on, come on. Give it to me, give it to me more. I'm done talking to you, get out. Should I bring out a little violin all right, and play it for all right. you? You're so pathetic. I want power. <laughs> don't judge don't judge me of course not any girl I've dated all said the same thing you're very difficult your dad is perfect and the bad one is me you have no filter sometimes you're mean to me you are no, i'm not mean what is what is missing you shut down at night i shut down at night someone called me a week ago and told me you were making out with the man what yeah, she took a photo of it when is this gonna stop? Well, come on, Martina. Julia, I'm done, okay? I'm done. My trainer dropped me, by the way, because Lenny hasn't training the mistress. Oh, hell no! <laughs> we are fighting now! I know you wanna make it work. I know you'd love to see you guys get back together. That's not gonna happen. You bring that girl anywhere near my kids, there's gonna be a huge problem. Do you understand me? Um, it's as if they were starting from scratch to the point that you made. Woo! Nothing was redundant. We didn't have to hear because I got so tired of Adriana. You just want to be like Kim Kardashian. You want to be with Kanye. Like, we didn't hear that again. We didn't hear a lot of Alexia stuff didn't become repetitive. The new story was the son who tends to get in trouble a lot, um, you know, saying that the girls in his life, you know, have a hard time with, you know, Alexia as the mother. It was just such new stuff. Nicole, I guess, getting married. Gertie, what do you think about Gertie? She would be the one I'd be worried about. Like, is she trying too hard for the second season? But I say that with so much love. I mean, look, I had her on my show. I thought she was very authentic on my show. And she said it was at the end of the first season. And she had a like... I hope I come back. I was like, you're going to come back. I mean, trust me. Yeah. Let me tell you. And it's like she I can tell you from talking to her. I mean, this is on air. I'm not revealing anything. She really felt like we saw professional Gertie. You know what I mean? She felt like she had no storyline season one. No, I'm not saying I felt that way or maybe you felt that way or the viewer, but she felt that way. She felt her entire presence was planning the wedding. I'm a wedding planner. Here's my business. And mm. she was like, listen, I hope they let me come back. And I'm like, that's very humble of you. She's like, I need to kind of show you guys like me. So I feel in that sense, she's probably not trying too hard. I just think maybe we didn't even really see her last season. Because yeah. really, what drama did she get into last season? It was all about her planning Alexia's wedding. Even so, and I hate that narrative because I'm a big Melissa Gorga fan. You don't have a storyline. Like some people are just fly and you want to watch them. You know, the show itself, Real Housewives, is aspirational living or aspirational lifestyles. Sometimes you look at a Gertie and you're like, look at her. She's having a ball. Like she's got the husband. Remember, she made the little confessional. She's like, what do you think, Andy? Like no one's ever done that. She was really fun. 
Um, and I'm not saying by any means by her getting in Alexia's face, that means she's changing or whatever. But I would say that was the only person I was a little worried about. Um, but I'm I, into it. Yeah. Your thoughts on Lisa? Because that intro of the trailer, I mean, to see, to have to read it back or listen to it back, all of those confessionals, uh, taglines rather, um, and it go the way it went, really hit hard, I thought. I mean, I guess, well, look, I'm not shocked at all that they're getting a divorce for a couple of reasons. One, I thought their scenes, even last season, were so cringeworthy, just in terms of like, this isn't a good marriage. Mind you, from knowing all these people, I've heard things throughout the years. Mm. Look, who knows what's true, right? But, you know, you heard that they, you know were swingers. I mean, these things are, these are things I heard. I, I have no idea if they're true, but you heard like that. It was more that he wanted this and she was just desperately trying to, help. these are just things I heard, not necessarily even from the cast, but from the cast off the record. I mean, we don't have to say who said what, and from the cast past, I just heard stuff like that throughout the years. But regardless of that, watching it, I never got a sense that this was like a real couple in love. Right. So I'm not shocked that we're here. Yeah. Oh, well, just, in any case, I think it's going to be compelling uh, a view uh, th th to watch. It's going to be very, very compelling to watch because Lisa is still a fun cast member. And you're right. We didn't see a lot of her last season. Still lovable. But now it's uh, it's go time for her. Um, as we wrap up Real Housewives of Miami, can I get your thoughts on Leah in her cameo? And then just a thought or two about the great Larsa, because, you know, I tend to not be able to stop talking about the queen of the show, I say all the time. I love Larsa so, so, so much. Well, keep saying it. Listen, I, from having Leah on my show and talking to her in the real life, look, am I thrilled to see her on the screen? Absolutely. Am I shocked? Knowing her things she said on my on my podcast, these people all protest so much, right? And mm -hmm. to me, it's like I don't think you got paid. Like Vicky Gumbleson didn't get paid for this scene with Tamara coming up and Shannon. I mean, you don't get paid for a cameo, you know. Now look, do we know they could make special arrangements? I knew Vicky didn't get paid, and then it came out she didn't. I'm thinking Leah didn't get paid. I mean, I would say 99% likely, but I don't know that for a fact. But yeah. I am thrilled to see her. I've had her on. I love Leah in the real world. You know, she had some thoughts on this reboot when it came back and they weren't overly pleasant, you know, and just the fact that of where the direction of the show was going and it wasn't really for her. So it's just one of those, like, never believe them, Ronnie. When they say <laughs> they're okay, always Ronnie, over it. Yeah. They're like one phone call and it's like, there you are. So I'm not judging. I'm just like, maybe I'm judging a little bit. I'm okay <laughs> with you being like dying to be there. Just, just admit it. Just admit you want to be part of it. That's all. There's nothing, it, it wrong. Is, nothing wrong with that. It's like, you know, when each of them call each other a narcissist, it's like, we're all on a TV. They're all on a TV show um, doing a podcast. Like, it's you're, hello camera you know hello microphone you're there is a narcissist quality or a quality that just says you want to shine nothing wrong with that like you said um well i think she'll do good it'll be a small cameo and maybe if she does want to come back she has a little more negotiating power because i feel like she'll somehow make an impact that's just leah off off I um one scene she made an impact i i, I think 
Yeah. Okay. And now my favorite. Oh, Larsa Pippen, which I have to remind you, David. Scene one, episode one. I am not a come to the party after her Miami uh, experience. And then I didn't even care that she was a Kardashian friend. That that had no burden on why I liked her. I'm scene one, episode one, Real Housewives of Miami when it aired. So I just love this girl. What do you think we're going to see? We didn't see a lot of her in the trailer, but she's always in the headlines, you know, dating Michael Jordan's son. I don't know how true that is. Will we see that? Will we want to see that? What's your opinion? I mean, I heard, I imagine this is at the beginning of the season. I do think that there is something about the Kardashians in the beginning of the season, just to set it up about, and my sources tell me mm -hmm. like, Adriana and Larsa, there's no love loss. So I think just to start about why they are now not thrilled. I think it goes back to that, that you said this and Adriana went on some podcasts. We don't need to mention which ones that might be on the show. That might not, <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but I did have her on my podcast. We'll just leave it at that. So I think that kind of is, is, but then I do, yes, we're going to move on from this. That's why I think the show is good from Larsa because even me, I wanted to talk about the Kardashian when she was here last time. And I was told you are allowed one Kardashian question. That is it. Mm -hmm. it wisely. But we've moved on, right? So I think we're not going to see that anymore in, other than the beginning. And yeah, I think this season, I don't know. I think Lars is a big part of this, this season. You know, I don't know. I think Michael Jordan's son, if that's true, came after they stopped filming. Oh, gotcha. And that's a gr grown son, by the way. And also, it feels weird to hear that because, not the grown son part, but Michael Jordan's grown son, Larsa, are they, aren't they? Because in my perspective, I was like, go ahead, Larsa, do what you do. You know, you, you're you're you know 40-something-year-old woman. You were married for 20 years, 20-something years. Go off. Do your thing. But I was shocked when I saw on Twitter how the straight men feel about this because they take it so personal. They take it like, ooh, um, you know, Michael Jordan got the best of Scotty. I'm like the egotistical straight mind sometimes. is <laughs> like right. I'm like, it has yeah, nothing to. Yeah, I would never think of that. Well, I saw it a little bit online really? and I was I was like, go, yeah. Wow. Interesting. That's interesting. You saw that. Yeah, I was like, go Larsa, you know, because that's that's my vibe. But then, yeah, a lot of the guys were like, oh, wow, that's the ultimate diss. And Scotty's going to be pissed. I was like, you, the, the ego of these men where it's like about them. And I do. Yeah, they probably had some or they did have some issues or whatever. But um, it's just it's just interesting. And she is just always interesting for me. So storyline, not storyline. When she's in a scene, she's she's compelling. I guess she had said recently that she's no longer doing OnlyFans because her father saw kind of what was going on, made a comment, and she lost her excitement to do so. So she's always going to give you something different. She just is. She's a very unique uh, cast member and a, seems like a really cool chick. I'm a huge Larsa fan, too. I mean, I think, you know, to me, she's like, it, you know, it is what it is. To me, she's like a Candy Burris. Like, every year, everyone's like, Candy's going to be fired. She doesn't bring anything to Housewives of Atlanta. I mean, she has the highest paid. But, like, I think that Candy gets her job. Say, I don't think Candy needs to be the one that brings everything. You know, Larsa to me, I'm not saying she's Candy, but she has this cachet about her. Fine. A lot of it is because of the Kardashians, but who cares? She has this cachet that her name brings some clout to this show. Do you know what I mean? Like outside of the housewife's world, yeah. it's like, she's just 
I'm not saying she's better on the show than anyone. She's like a Martina Navratilova. Her and Larsa, mm. they they elevate something about this show to me like Candy Burris, whether they're the best housewife or not, right? So I don't, I think that's why she's great. She's great, right? And I think she gets under the skin of some of the other cast members because they'll be like in their press and promo opportunities and like doing kind of, you know, Bravo commercials or whatever. But that same weekend, like Larsa will be at like, NBA All-Star Weekend or she'll be at like the Super Bowl like she's just always in the mix at the Grammys like Larsa's always top tier whether the show's on air or not and I think that kind of gets under their skin but um, so far so good I like the trailer I'm into it I'm watching I like it. I'm into it I think we're gonna have like a good I think it's gonna be good which is not always the case when these shows return for a second or third season even though this is fifth you know yeah. what I mean I, I yeah. think I, I I just like the feel of Miami. It just feels different. I mean, I really think maybe it's because it's on Peacock. You know, I mean, I really feel like maybe not that the standards are different. Right. But I don't know. It feels different on Bravo. So it's just there's something about it that feels right to me, too. It's so hard to tell because Miami is it more of a fun city because I got to tell you, and I was never a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fan that much. So I don't have no love loss that that is just too, too, uh, too cringy the way that season is going for a couple years now um so i always compare it to like wait a minute if beverly hills is the crown jewel miami's so much funner but that's maybe a choice you know they're choosing to go you know one harsh story which is of course lisa the breakup but you know they could do the rumors too they could do you know there's always probably something going on on star island <laughs> that's you know unmentionable so they're choosing not to touch those really you know you know, interesting situation. So anyways, I'm going to watch it. I like it. Um, I'm so excited. You, um, David, I want to get your opinion uh, on the revamp of Real Housewives of New York. You know, before we had talked on the podcast about who we thought should be there, we thought Olivia Palermo. I liked uh, CeCe Sabathia's wife, uh, Amber Sabathia. We just talked about some choices, um, but they went with the whole new cast. Are you familiar with anyone? Uh, Jenna, of course, everyone knows. And but uh, what do you think of the new cast of Real Housewives of New York, um, specifically that they're a little bit younger? I love a 45, a 55, and a 65-year-old housewife. These gals look pretty young. What are your thoughts? I mean, look, I've been saying this forever. A, I said, you know, not that it's all about me being right, but I said, look, where there's no legacy show for years. I mean, what is it now? A year and a half? And we haven't mm -hmm. even started filming this. So... I said, this is going to be announced first. We have nothing with legacy. So I said, that this is definitely the direction that I knew they were going in. So I agree with you. I like, I like fifties and sixties for housewives. Wasn't that the whole point that Andy mm -hmm. gave a voice and, and a place yeah. in that would otherwise not be on TV put out to pasture, so to speak, which like Hollywood has changed a lot, but you know, so especially not reality TV. So that was the whole point of it to me. So yeah. I like Housewives. I think, you know, you're at a different place in your life in your 50s and 60s. I really like that. This doesn't shock me because that's what they're doing with everything. I mean, that's why New York didn't work because you had, you know, and that's why people for Beverly Hills, they say, you know, Crystal Kong is 39 and everyone else is in their 50s. It is, you don't realize it and then you do in certain scenes. And so mm. it's strange dichotomy at times but i knew this was going to happen i don't like it i wish they were 50s and 60s but i'm not shocked this is how the cast i expected them to look you know it's very diverse there was a rumor 
a few months ago and my friend Orfe was in the cast and I was like, no offense to her. I'm like, she's not right for this. Like, I love her. She's, mm-hmm. you know, and of course I called her and I was like, first of all, I have a real problem with you right now. Like you're like one of my good friends. <laughs> like, this is all I do for a living. Like I understand confidential, but I don't. And she was like, David, it is so far from the truth. And I'm like, of course it is. So this is what I expected. I know, I guess, listen, I've read a lot of comments. Have you read the comments? I mean, not too much. I've been kind of giving my own opinion first, but I'll I'll hit the comments. What are they saying? I mean, look, I think some people are like, let's bring it. I mean, a lot of people are just saying, I really think there is housewives fatigue and it's like, why start something new if you're not already invested? Now, I think if it's, I mean, a lot of people said that about Salt Lake too, and they didn't watch until this happened with Jen Shaw. And now they all went back and watched. And so I don't know. I mean, I think a lot Ooh, of people are not- I, might, I might be the opposite on Salt Lake. I am. I'm so tired of it. It comes on, but but Meredith, who was fantastic, turning into a complete caricature of herself. You know, maybe that's a harsh way to say it, but now she's selling merch where it's like half of New York. I love half of New York. It's just, it's really coming <laughs> unhinged and. Like it's, it's 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 off for me too. It just doesn't seem right. I don't believe that Whitney and Heather have are fighting. Mm-hmm. I don't even really. I believe Meredith and Lisa a little more, but not really. I think this is all, and I don't even think it's by the producers per se. I think they're just like, what are we gonna do? I think Whitney and Heather got together and said, "Cause this lets we gotta stay on this for the rest of our lives. Let's just fight." Let's just- <laughs> Yeah, we don't have Mary. We have to do something. Um, Okay, I'll give some positive comments to this. Yeah, even though I said I like 45, 55, 65. um, I like when they've lived, they've had story, you know, you know, things things are great at 30. Not saying that this 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 cast is all 30 year olds, um, although a lot of them are close to 35. Um, and I really do like that there is, uh, you know, not to make it a thing, but the first Puerto Rican to be on the show. So that's exciting to me. I just think when I look at this cast, I think, okay, great. Let's let it be led by Jenna. You know, Jenna had that really great HBO show and she comes from a different texture, different cachet. Um, so let it be Jenna and her friends, because that's the one thing they're trying to sell us on in terms of like Bravo viewers, like, Oh, but you, you know, this is a group that knows each other versus like, you know, housewives for a long time have been just kind of casted. This is an actual group of friends. So to that, I say, I like the group. I like Jenna. I don't need, I don't necessarily think this should have been the real housewives. And if it is the real housewives, how are they going to do it? Like, was Jenna going to sign up? I feel like she's a little subdued in a really great way. I like that about her, but is she going to go in there and have like messy scenes and like ruin her business? I think not. So I think if anything, they could have got this group of girls and done a spinoff show and started something new and fresh. I, I think that's what I like about it. So I would be watching, but this didn't need to be real housewives of New York. And the last thing about it, we've talked about this before is it just as a viewer, the network, you have to make a decision. This decision is a cop out and uh, it will be good. We'll probably still get into it. We'll still watch it but it's a cop-out. I feel so unfulfilled um, that we still don't really have, you know, as, as we've been hearing lately, you know, uh, Ebony's reaction to, um, to Ramona. I feel very unfulfilled in terms of like, it just, they just washed their hands of it, but yet we were all invested. Um, 
I'd almost like to think like all the stuff we're hearing on all the podcasts. Um, and if you're watching, I have a picture of David when he interviewed uh, Ebony. But Ebony, on her own podcast, she had a lot to say about what Ramona had to say on Carlos King's podcast. So I just feel like there's so much there, so much positivity that you could rework into the show. There's some learning lessons you could rework in the show. But evidently, if everyone's not really feeling each other, I guess it can't go. I would have rather seen bring these girls back. I want Dorinda back. Ramona could have stayed. Ebony could have led the show or been like a strong portion of the show and add a couple more. That's what I wanted. That way you keep the integrity of the age, you know, the, el the little older of a cast member. You let Ebony get her story told because I feel like, wow, how how challenging. She literally said in, in the tagline, um, I have to do uh, dub double the work and get half the reward or whatever the case was. And yet we're seeing it. <laughs> we're literally seeing it. So that's what I would have preferred. You know, I would have I, I'm OK with that. You know, I mean, I yeah, I have mixed feelings about this. You know, I think here's the thing. I think if this wasn't real housewives. Of, well, first of all, I don't think they knew what to do with the other show. But if this wasn't real housewives, would anybody have watched? I mean, I thought real girlfriends in Paris. I interviewed two of them. Bravo. Mm -hmm them to me did anyone watch that i don't think so did anyone watch love match atlanta with the atlanta matchmakers i feel people are not watching these new bravo shows and i'm not including winter house and all these things that are hybrids but real girl remember when we used to get all new bravo shows all the time yeah and some weren't hits but a lot of them were we had tabitha and patty and jonathan anton and rachel zoe we had hits southern charm was new at one point so was summer house like we haven't really had a hit. So, cause I think all that other stuff, real girlfriends and all that, that's, I mean, I think it's like one and done. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I just think if this were somehow like what gallery girls part two, mm. I, don't, I don't think anyone would have watched this. If it wasn't housewives, everyone says they're not going to watch, but I you're think talking, like, you're talking about the new cast. Yeah. I think okay. like the point, I mean, I'm just saying like if they spun it some other way, you know, I don't know. I agree. I've interviewed a lot of people. I have coming up. One of my new questions that I work into every interview now, and I'm someone's, you know, in fashion, I just interviewed some fashion bigwigs or media. I'm like, do you know Jenna Lyons? And everybody is like, I don't, what? How, how, what? How is the, mm. how, why? Not that they don't like her. They're just like, they said the same thing you said. Like, they don't think she's going to go balls to the wall. Yeah. She was Which like, also credibility to her if she had that type of negotiation. And in fact, that's the one and only intriguing thing about the show. If I, I, I mean, I will watch is um, that maybe it's going a different direction. You know, have we got tired? And I don't think we have. But have we got a bit tired of Sonia being a woman of a certain age and being silly, kooky every episode? It got a little redundant, even though we like it. It got redundant. So here I'm looking like, oh, are we going to get a series where we see? One thing I like, especially Housewives of New York, having lived in New York for about seven years, like we have to get New York City. We have to get that charm. So if you have a group of women that happen to all be friends with Jenna on some level and they're all one's in fashion and one's, you know, a wife of a, of a doctor and we get a little bit of that New York City life, I can get with that. But I definitely wish it was a little a, a different show. That's all I'm saying. That, yeah. I get it. And I mean, the question is like, I know, like I've heard the most of like Lizzie Savetsky, like Lily Savetsky, like she's, my old question is like, are these truly, truly, truly Jenna's friends? Like, do we mm. really know that? I don't know. Yeah. If all of them are. I mean, I guess we're going to see, but I do agree. I mean, 
they may not all be as big as Jetta, but they all have like businesses and they're influencers and they have big social following. So I think maybe when everyone's crying toxicity and, you know, we don't want this and we don't want that, this might be a lighter, like you rip the bow off my cake, like Heather Dubrow, like maybe to your point, like this is what we want. Although Beverly Hills just had, you know, it's the highest rated at this point. And that was a bloodbath between Lisa Gosh. and she was so low. So I was it, not into Beverly Hills at all. If this has a little bit of that, it can't have a Miami feel because it's not Miami. But if it has that fun, you know, th these gals who are 35 years old, some married, some not, or whatever the case, in New York City living it up, that's a show to watch. They could have called it a second coming of blood, sweat, and hills. I don't care. But um, Jenna, who's so fantastic um in in the lead position you know it's, I, maybe, maybe they do have a role for her where she's like the narrator and she's kind of like uh at bay where she doesn't have to really get in the mess and some of the other girls get in the mess but um it'll be interesting i i guess i wonder if both shows are on air at the same time are you going to watch the legacy or this one and i think they're not going to be i still i don't know in my mind i still put legacy on peacock that's just me it may it may not but i really think it's not going to be simultaneous i think it's going to be after this that's yeah. my opinion and yeah that's you know so we'll see i still i still i do agree if it's new york the way miami shows miami it's gonna be great i still think that you know olivia would have been the oh. perfect person i'm i'm gonna <laughs> stand by that yes. look i don't really know if olivia would do it i mean olivia's kind of not you know i mean in the her quality friend, people are a little higher astute so they don't really touch touch this anymore so i mean uh, the bottom line is i mean bethany even said this and we don't need bethany to say this but like the bottom line is and like i assume jenna knows this it's like i just i'm always shocked when i speak to these women like a year in it's like you don't like everyone's like chris kardashian chris kardashian do you understand the reason why chris kardashian will never do beverly hills housewives despite the fact that she doesn't need the money the kardashians control every word mm. that's seen on their show they controlled every word on e they control everything in every interview and that's listen that's the i mean could you imagine being that popular i mean they are the pinnacle of what you want to be when you're in the media you have no control so i don't know if like if jenna's going to be like shocked when this comes out like girl what did you expect that's housewife so i feel even with the best intentions it's not going to go your way right it, it, not everything maybe not look at kathy hilton they, well, i mean because once those producers get in the, the whatever was discussed before i mean there's only so much negotiations could cover the show is i sometimes going back to leah black of miami i sometimes feel like leah black doesn't really want to be a full-timer just because you know the show now is too in the rumor sphere and what that could do to people's real lives and you have to weigh the options you know you have to weigh the options i think honestly i mean Marlo used to say she loved being a part-timer because you get the best of both worlds. You get to be on the show, but you don't have to get in the mess. Um, but it'll be interesting. And I, and I really do want to see this group. Um, and I want to see New York, you know, and that was a real unfortunate thing that on the 13th season of New York, we didn't get anything because it was a pandemic. So I really think it was all done incorrectly, you know, hammering on, New York as being this horrible season, they could have done a reunion. They could have done whoever wanted to participate in the reunion. They could have done a separate reunion. And we should have been having, <laughs> this should have been season 15 by now. But I guess we shall see. Do you have any comments real quickly? You've, you've interviewed Ebony. I'm not sure if you've interviewed Ramona. Do you have any comments on 
Ramona sort of blaming what went on uh, in, in terms of it being Ebony's fault. And then Ebony with a very good clap back. Um, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on in the podcast world with the two of uh, their opinions? Well, listen, I am a lawyer just like Ebony. And if you come at a lawyer, <laughs> when Ebony, this is why I love Ebony. Because like when she, she's, my mind thinks the same way. You were trained for three years to speak. Th so when she's like, well, listen, here are two specific examples where Ramona has been brought to HR, where things have been brought up and the show went on. So bringing something up obviously doesn't stop the future of the show because here are two specific examples where the show went on just fine. So for Ramona to say that Ebony brought this thing up and then the whole thing shut down. And that's why, like, now everybody around, I mean, Ramona knows what she's doing. That's a big blame. Yeah, she's trying to get her own, yeah, her own buzz off that interview. Ebony, which, I mean, they already did. I mean, every time I interview Ebony, they're like, Leah and Ebony rue New York. Like, that's, that's, I mean, we're already over that narrative. So, I mean, to make a specific statement, I mean, I think Ebony's clapback was great and it's not i mean ebony doesn't fight housewives ebony fights legal she's been in the media before <laughs> yeah. housewives so she's like here are two specific examples where something was brought up that you use certain words or said whatever and these are racial allegations against you and the show went on so you can't say that i brought it up and the whole thing shut down because we have precedent that this happened twice before i thought that was brilliant i thought like i think that's like You've just won your case, Ebony, easier, you know? And that's not just because Ramona is a horrible person in the real world and Ebony is wonderful. I'm not saying that. I just think Ramona is just, I mean, she's a mess. So maybe she's, I, she's just like, grabbing onto whatever she can. She waited to give that, that polarizing interview to Carlos King. You notice she hasn't said that on another podcast or whatever. She wait, she did that intentionally because she knew it would fly and, you know, create a little bit of a, a storm here. Carlos know each other and they're close. It's a little extra fuck you, I think, to her. Mm. And, you know, look, I mean, I didn't believe Ramona wasn't going to be on Legacy. I said maybe not because I think once there's an HR issue, it's like if we're not going forward with Ebony, I personally don't think this isn't like I know anything and I've talked to Ebony. I just think if you can't have one person on your network, I don't think you can have the other. Like, I think... I think if Ramona, I've said this a million times on my podcast, if Ramona, because you know, all the rumors, Ramona is not going to be part of Legacy. If mm. she's not going to be part of Legacy to me, I think that has nothing to do with the fans or Bravo saying we will not tolerate certain behavior. I think that's, I don't think they care. I think it's like we have an HR issue, so we actually can't touch this human being ever again. I think short of that, you could cry racist Ramona all day. They would have had her. That's my honest opinion. I kind of feel like that because, you know, she went, well, I mean, it was already recorded, but she did Ultimate Girls Trip and they, I don't want to say protected her, but they sort of had to kind of protect her because what are you going to do? Like take, I mean, if they were to take her off, well, they could take her off. She was on the show and she was doing problematic behavior with Kenya even then. So it's just a whole thing. Um, I don't know. I just feel really, really bad for Ebony not getting her full experience, but it seems like she's got a lot of other work coming. And hopefully they find a series, you know, like you said, Bravo's launching a lot of series, different series. Hopefully they find something that like puts her in the leadership role and it's something new, a fresh idea, because I don't think Bravo should have seen the last of Ebony. Do you have thoughts on the people who are so also feel like Ramona and also blame Ebony? Do you have thoughts on those types of people? I mean, I don't even understand it. You know, it's like, 
Are you saying Leah and Ebony ruined the show just because you didn't like that season? I mean, there's a lot of seasons. We didn't like season six of um, New Jersey with Amber and the twins. And it went on. <laughs> like, right. So I just think, I mean, I think there's this hate watching. I mean, look, I'm no fan of Leah's. I mean, I've made that pretty clear before. You know, I don't even, I don't know how you lump these two people together, but people always do. But yeah, I mean, I just think that's really like, you're angry that New York is no longer on the air and you need somebody to blame. So these are the two people that you're blaming. Yeah. Blaming anyone for season 13 seems crazy because you can't say, Oh, Ebony had an, an agenda. I'm sorry. Ebony just knows what she's doing and has been in this business and check the record. You know, she worked at revolt. She worked at Fox news. Like she's worked everywhere and done everything. And as a lawyer, like you say, there's you're missed. You're mistaken that maybe she had an agenda just because you're not, you're not as swift as she is, you know, she's way. I mean, not to cut you off. It's actually the exact opposite. If Ebony had an agenda, if Ebony, well, I see what you're saying, but if Ebony had an agenda to be a fame whore and hold on to the housewives train, she would have, I mean, that is what happened. I mean, she said it on my, like off air. I mean, they said, you know, this is how you play the game and shh. And, and you know, like they, tried they that's what they do i mean off air not just luann and ramona and so everyone of every franchise i mean they don't really help you but they try to guide her like Shh. you mm. know and he's like i will not silence what i want to talk about this is what i talk about in the real world this is a reality show so if ebony really wanted to play the game she would have said girl curb it all keep all this you know black excellence to yourself because this isn't what and she would have said whatever to play the game it's really that yeah. she did play the game she's like this is me i will not be silenced by a bitch this is who i am <laughs> and right. i'm talking about this at dinner if there were no cameras so it's actually an authentic version of herself that she wasn't willing to compromise who she was as a human being to stay on a reality show that's like isn't that what everyone cries for isn't that yeah. what we all where's your authentic self but that's what they tried to do. They tried to guide her about how housewives works. And she was just kind of like in all, meaning Leah too. I mean, Leah's the biggest flip-flopper because she went down that, you know, but she was just like, I mean, it's not that I don't know how housewives work. It's that I, I don't care. Like this, this agenda, mm -hmm. this who I am as a person is bigger than a, a, a TV show. So that to yeah. me is why, I mean, that's like, bravo. I don't know why I don't agree. That. why don't people understand that i always get discouraged when i see the the other side of you know the viewpoint but you and i know we're team ebony um seems like she's gonna land elsewhere or maybe another network i think she was doing something with own maybe but um you still want your second chance you want your second season whatever that is maybe you have to wait a year or two bravo get it together andy get it together because i would like to see more from her that's all i'm saying um moving along um, what are your thoughts? Because I really don't like when Housewives goes goes to this level. But um, Real Housewives of New Jersey, I'll call it, on display. Um, Jennifer throwing something at the Gorgas. Um, what is your thoughts on, you know, that's not even for the show. And I was never a big Teresa fan. The flipping the table didn't do much for me. Um, but I've just always been a Melissa fan. And I just don't like this Jen. I guess that's the period. <laughs> that's the sentence. I don't really enjoy her on the show. And, you know, it's one thing when they get into, I think it was last season, they sort of got in each other's face, but now you're throwing things. Sure. It didn't hurt nobody, but it's, it's the general personality. 
Um, how do you feel about all that? I mean, look, I think Melissa said it best on her podcast afterwards. Like, right, you're not on the show now. This is a fan convention for fans that, you know, they're not, of course, they're there for that. They would have sat there and pulled up a chair for all night. But like, it's really to celebrate fans. Now, mind you, these fans paid a gazillion dollars and Bravo's making a gazillion dollars and all the housewives are making mm. a ton of money. But, you know, it, it's it's right. Like, know your behavior. Look, we all snap and do something. I believe that, you know, and look, it's there's so much to say about this. I believe, and I've also heard a rumor. I heard a rumor, a pretty reliable source. I that, heard a rumor. Yeah, Right. I heard a rumor <laughs> Bananarama, Bananarama, that Jennifer yeah. was sent home, that she was not, she wasn't at watch what happens the last night, but I was heard and they knocked on her door and said, you have to leave. And she went ballistic. So I believe a couple of things. I believe because she's this is good. A lot of, right. And I mean, it's from a pretty reliable source. I believe that Jennifer was sorry once she did it, not towards Melissa, but I think she knew after she did it, like, wait a second, this could have ramifications for me. Now, again, I heard a rumor. He knocked on her door and said, you know, you're not going to watch what happens. You have to leave. And I mean, I don't know if it was five security people. I don't know who showed up. And then, I mean, as soon as I saw her do it, there was all this damage control of like, look at the angle and this. and the. Oh, assist. my goodness. I get so tired of that. Like she had a friend who did a, a, a god awful TikTok. And like you got to have also you, I think this is what you're going to say. You have to think about when two cast members get into it, who are the cast members? And one, like it rolls off their shoulders. Maybe they're mad, but, you know, Melissa, it rolls off their shoulders. Maybe she'll take it to a podcast. That's it. But the other ones, and this happens in Potomac a lot, too. I don't always agree with some of the Potomac gals who go right to Twitter and re-narrate a story. I'm always like, I mean, you're fooling a lot of people, but you're not fooling Ronnie. No, no, no. <laughs> And it's strange to me, right? So I think Jennifer, look, I'm just wondering, like, I mean, Andy made a statement that he thinks is disgusting. Like, I think, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are actually on Jennifer's side, the majority of viewers. Mm, not happy but, about that. I mean, look, I used to be friends with her in the real world. So I'm going to take my own opinion as a human. I think she's a vile human being. You mm. know, do I think she's given us entertainment? Sure. But I think that, no matter what, no matter what, I know everyone's saying you don't speak to women that way. I just think at the end of the day, with security and Andy and the bigger Bravo statement, when you, I don't care if it was, this has nothing to do with me not liking her as a person. I just think that when she threw that, the <clears throat> minute it happened, I think she said, oh shit. Like, I think no matter what, unless there's footage of Joe Gorga or some guy with like, grabbing her physically i think when you throw something i don't care if it was like a fourth full of water and it was just water i think you are still in the wrong and i wouldn't be shocked no one has said this to me is jennifer going to be allowed at watch what happens because diana wasn't at watch what happens all mm. season it's nothing to do with the bots it's very strange yeah and jen shaw's not going to watch what happens at all no. so andy doesn't even like jennifer aiden but I think she's now starting to be like worried. You know, when you do something and no one calls you and no one says anything and you sit with it, it's just like when you commit a crime, right? I mean, I haven't committed a crime, but you know, like a Jen Shaw or like a Tom Girardi, like when you're not found, you, you, you have good days and you think you're over it and then you come. So I think this is my opinion. Jennifer is now 
spiraling out of control. I heard from someone she is, but I think it's like, oh my God, I wouldn't be shocked if she couldn't go to watch what happens. This had bigger implications of mm -hmm. like, you did this at a, like a, a fan event. She may not, I don't think she'll be invited to BravoCon next year, really. And maybe I'm making a big deal out of it and it will pass, but I still think whether you're on her side or the Gorga side, I think Bravo from a corporate point of view is you threw something and now you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, I guess to some degree it's, a tiny bit hypocritical because that would have been on the show it would have been i guess okay uh but there is a certain like this is this is the job this is the job you get into mess definitely don't put your hands on nobody but like that's the job but yeah at a fan event it does cross the line and so so however she TikToks her way out of it um i don't know and and me i'm just such a melissa gorga fan but i'll take the jen side for 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 a second with Jen, maybe she did good her first couple seasons. Maybe she found her thing. Oh, get right under Teresa. That's going to work. Jump into the Melissa BS and let me just keep hammering that. But there is a time where some of these housewives, these cast members, they let it get too away from them. And that's, I think, what we're seeing. I just hated it. I hope there could be like a Jen apology um, or something to keep this because it's so uncomfortable. You know, at the house, at the BravoCon, she's like, oh, they're. They're clinging on to dear life. It's like Melissa's not wasting her time talking about Jen, but Jen just keeps on going, keeps on going, keeps on going, keeps on going. Then they have the moment in the elevator, and then it's like, oh, I'm I'm now the one who they're against. Like you can't talk that much, Jen, and then expect no reaction. And right, and like the thing is, look, the best housewives like Giselle does this really well. <laughs> we love Giselle, yeah. But she does. She like you. You do, yes. You could have thrown that drink on air. Yes, that's hypocritical. But you could have. You're not being paid more to do the social media. So to come here, like most housewives, if you really got it together, you're like, this is a money maker. I'm in the market selling my shirts and selling this, and I'm on the, the stage. And yeah, I'm giving shade to someone sitting next to me. But it's light shade, right? It's light shade. You don't. You don't. Right. So I think Jennifer doesn't understand that. And I do think, yes, eventually along the journey, certain housewives start to lose it. And that's when they lose themselves and they believe the hype. And then that's when it's the beginning of the end. And also when mm -hmm. they think it's not going to happen to me. Wait, Melissa's slipping. Teresa doesn't speak to her. I'm Teresa's number one. I'm going to be on the show. Melissa's going to be gone. When you start making a narrative that heavily. Mm. It's like, it's even like an inch, you get too cocky and you really believe it. And that's, we, we've seen it and with everyone, with everyone. Lisa Rinna might be able to save herself. I think she's going to come back, but I do she's too. A perfect example of someone that has gotten, like, I just think, so I think Jen doesn't realize like the point of BravoCon is not to be Jennifer on the housewives. Like this is <laughs> a business person and yeah entertain the fans and yes give some shade on the stage and sure that's expected but not to this level and i really think just it's a bunch of people that like i'm sure melissa is sorry she said that but it's people are coming out on jen's side about like gore you know i mean look there's a lot of people turning on the gore guys now but well they've always done that and i have always said shut up <laughs> I am Melissa Gorga Hive all day. She's the J Lo of Housewives. She was on display in the final in the in the Kenya. Who was it? Kenya, uh, Sheena, and Candace. She was the final uh, performance at, at Watch What Happens Live. She's a star. If 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 
Melissa needs to leave the show for a year or two, that's fine too. I'm just always going to be team Melissa Gorga. It's just, it just is what it is. And not for nothing. If it were me, like I, you know, no one's going to like me saying this, but I like, you know, this whole thing with Ebony and this investigation, like I have no problem with that. Like people can say that you like, to me, it's like, when it's a real, maybe this is because I'm a lawyer, when it's either a real world thing, like the Ebony Ramona thing, or you're my enemy. So like if I were Melissa, this is just me, I'm sure she's doing this, I would now be trying to take this as far as I could up the mm. ladder to yeah. get and kicked off the show, banned from Watch What Happens. I Like if she's not doing all that, whether your team is <laughs> or that, just as a like, it's almost like you have an opening. Like someone threw something at you. So now I would be like, I want to file a form. This is just me. I want to file a form of complaint and this and that. Let's pull the video footage. I think no matter what Joe Gorga said, you can say that's inappropriate to speak to women that way or whatever. But unless there was physical touch, I think she's in the wrong. And if I were Melissa, I would be taking this up the ladder of like something was thrown at me. So yeah. Uh, I value your your conversation and in regards of you said you at one time were closer to Jen but you just you keep it you just give it up you give it up exactly what needs to be said um best yeah, case scenario I, yeah yeah best case scenario Jen learns from the experience and maybe could start you know saying wow I got a little out of sorts and maybe tries to mend the Melissa relationship I even think that would be good TV on another season you know what I mean like it, it right now is just two the same. It's like Teresa and there goes Jen right up her butt. It's just, it's it, like, we already know what we're going to see. So even with, even that Jen keeps carrying that storyline uh, season after season to like, just go against Melissa for whatever Melissa could sneeze. And it's a problem for Jen. It, this might be a good change for the show's sake too, you know, but this is what happens. They probably had a really good season. Melissa may have not had a good season and the wedding. So yeah, Jen might be like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm the number one. And, and, yeah i don't know well we're not there yet because everyone's doubling down jen is making statements and showing videos on her instagram melissa's talk so i mean neither person is backing away is backing away from it yeah um i was gonna ask what do you think of the love bubble that is uh louis and Teresa, but i guess we'll see it on the show <laughs> um I mean, I that I think that this is a match made in heaven. I think it's going to last. I think that Louis is, I still get that dirty John vibes from him. And the, the goal of that is to, you know, if you look at what, how it works, the goal is to alienate the person from everyone around them. You'll mm -hmm. never alienate her from the daughter. So short of that, you did exactly what, yes, there's been issues between Melissa and Joe and Teresa forever, but it's real now. And Louie is like, you know, when you're in, when you're finally in, you speak out. He is speaking out. Mm. I am so happy. And the way they've treated my wife, Google it. He's making statements. Yeah. Last decade. And this is, but I think that he is a narcissist. And, and, and the, I know the other women that dated him were married. So, I mean, they're like, screw you. Teresa, I mean, if you're a narcissist and you have someone looking up at you that like with like, you know, she's, this is perfect. She puts him on such a pedestal. You can have all the money in the world. You can't buy real fame. I think he wanted fame. She gives him that. Oh yeah. He gives her a family. She doesn't need, she never, Kim says this every week on my Patreon, Kim D she never, she was over them years ago. She needed them. She doesn't need Melissa and Joe anymore. So I actually really think 
call it whatever you want, dysfunctional, but they're both in love. I think this is going to last forever. Wow. They'll be like Heidi and um, Spencer yeah. where they just, it's yeah. them against the show. <laughs> um, I, maybe they'll, they'll get a spinoff. Who knows? I, they pushed it's they're the perfect match of what each of them needs in the world. Yep. I, I, I like that uh, analysis. Uh, David, I wanted to ask you about bros at the box office. So this was the very first gay rom-com. Of course, there's been other programs. I'm sorry, uh, movies. Um, but not in terms of a rom-com and it didn't do so well, but I feel like I don't want to narrate it as such because it still was a really great movie. I actually watched it twice in the theater, but I wanted to get your opinion on um, how this happened. Was it the marketing or was it the story wasn't good enough um, or was a little bit of truth to what Billy said that there was parts of the country where, you know, people are still not going to go watch anything to do with two gay men, you know, falling in love. Um, he said it differently than that. People really jumped down his neck about that. Um, what's your overall thoughts on bros at the box office? Cause I feel like it wasn't a failure. Sure. Maybe the numbers, but watching it, it was nice. I liked it. Yeah. And I didn't see his exact statement at all, but I, I, I agree with all of the above. Like I have had a bunch of like, I just had Colton Haynes on my podcast. I have Mario Cantone coming up. So I, this movie came up with both of them, you know, and just as far as like, where do you think we are? Right. Like mm -hmm. Mario Cantone from sex in the city. And just like that, his argument was, you know, don't say it's a failure. It was made. It was made mm. like a huge accomplishment. And I'm like, all right, you know, I think that's what you were just kind of saying. Um, right. It didn't do well at the box office. Colton took a totally different approach of like, yeah, we, cause Colton was in American horror story. We can talk about Ryan Murphy and, you know, pose and, you know, the largest trans cast and all this. Mm. He's like, where is the Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, you know, where you're making, you know, $25 million and opening a Hollywood blockbuster as a straight person and you're gay in the real world. True. Mm. So, yeah. You know, like, I agree with Billy. I, I agree. I agree. I think there's a part of the country that just won't go see it. Which, yeah. like, if you think about it, I'm trying to think. I can think of an example or two, but I'm not even going to quote them because then everyone's <laughs> going to come for me. But if you think of other movies out there that are specific to a specific demographic or type, we all go see them. Do you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Well, well, I think Billy, even when he was doing the press tour and he was doing, he was really working hard on that press tour. He was saying, sure. I watched Brokeback Mountain once. Cause you know, it's, it's a, it's a story within his community, um, our community, but I've watched, um, you know, every uh, Meg Ryan rom-com ever, but it wasn't for us, but we still gravitated towards it. Um, I also feel like, like, I feel like I'm much more of a rom-com fan when it comes to like a my best friend's wedding or even yeah like a harry met sally the judd apatow style is a little it almost feels very straight <laughs> straight man ish so maybe there was a little bit of that like watching it the second time i liked it more the, the first time i watched it it felt like it was you know i was just looking at the cast a little bit too much and kind of seeing who's on the screen um or not um, but the second time I was like, oh yeah, this is cute. This is lovable. Of course, the, uh, Provincetown scene was, was absolutely fantastic. The monologue that he had or the conversation that he had was great. So there was a lot to it. And I just feel like the way people react always tells the real story. 
So if you say, if he said, you know, something along the lines of, you know, there's certain parts of the country that are still homophobic. I feel like if it wasn't true, people wouldn't have reacted so negative. Sometimes they need that one comment to just, you know, they don't want to say anything to begin with, but you just got to slip once. And I'm not saying Billy slip, but you got to slip just once. And then they're like, well, no, it's because this, and I didn't like the content. And like, sometimes you're, you're, the reaction was so vile on the internet. It was like, that's kind of what he was saying <laughs> that y'all don't fuck with us. <laughs> really. Exactly. So I thought I agreed with him. I yeah. agree. You know, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know, you know, yeah, I guess I could see straight men on a date with a woman who wants to watch this and they go, but I mean, I guess if you think about it, I could see people saying, I'm not seeing that, which is alarming, but I, I, I agree with him. I do. Yeah. And the marketing was a little tough because it felt like it was aimed towards like a straight audience in a way like, hey, it's just like another Judd Apatow movie, but it is different. You know, like Billy was even saying in interviews, you know, love is love is love. But no, it's not. <laughs> you know, we can't we, we're trying to be similar, but like, you know, the different elements of being in a heterosexual relationship is different than being in a gay relationship, you know. And um, I just thought it was done well. And I like that you said that Mario Cantone stated that. um it's not a failure. That's right. I don't even like to word it like did bad at the box office. I'm more just saying, unfortunately, it didn't bring in tons, you know, at the box office because now we don't look at a season two uh, episode, uh, a, a second movie. You know, we don't get to see that now. I think I did say something like, you know, it wasn't a hit or something at the box office. And yes, he quickly corrected me of like, I don't like that. Narrative. I mean, he was very nice about it. I mean, you yeah. know, yeah. that comes out this Wednesday, but he was and then. Yes, and then Colton had the opposite statement. Oh, but but what does he know? <laughs> just kidding. Um, like, just of like you know, I mean, it wasn't even about bros. Just about like as like we have a long way to come in Hollywood because where is the person that's opening the movie? That's like where is the Brad Pitt? That like why isn't Matt Bomber playing like Superman or uh, what was it the great? Yes. What was the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? Like where it's just like he's still playing that straight character Cheyenne Jackson on a sitcom though does play a straight man, which I thought was pretty cool, but that's still not, you know, it's in the sitcom -y fun stages, you know? Yeah. It's like Mayim Balak and it's Fox and it's not like, you know, like no offense to Shan Jackson, but he doesn't have George Clooney or Julia Roberts or Brad Pitt money. Like that's what <laughs> he's saying. Like, where is that mega yeah. star? Where is that Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, man that opens a movie and is like i am gay but here i'm playing the love yeah. interest it, it doesn't may exist. i say side note i yes. love call me cat i think it is the cutest sitcom ever i am obsessed with my Bialik. leslie jordan's on that uh kyla pratt's on that it, it's it hurts like hello so good so so good <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those shows that just started and when I had Shane Jackson on my show, he was like, when it came to this, he was like, I'm not just saying this. This is probably like the best job of my whole career. I can't tell you how fun this is. It's a cute little show. Yeah, I think it was from the UK first. It was called Miranda. And yeah. now it's now it's here on its third season. It was one of those shows when I watched it at the beginning, I said, oh, God, I like this. Oh, no, don't say that, Ronnie, because sometimes when I like something, it doesn't come back. And it's had a third season. And I just think what a great vehicle for my Bialik. I mean, even her podcast is really good. She's just such a unique actress. And she's, you know, had this this huge career, you know, going back to beaches, even as a child. Um, I just like it so much. That's a great side note. Um, 
Two last things, real quick. What are your thoughts on Andy Cohen saying Dorinda Medley is off pause? Now, she could be off pause, but where's she going? <laughs> I mean, look, I think she was always going to be, if there ever is a legacy show, which I don't even know if there ever is going to be, but I think that she is 99.99999% likely to be part of the legacy show. Um, yeah, she's off pause, and that's it. She was on Girls Trip. And sure, a year and a half from now, or a year, maybe she'll be part of Legacy. I think she will if there's a Legacy show. So I didn't think that was such a shocking statement either. It's yeah. I was against Twitter because Twitter usually is such a dominant opinion, which is weird, by the way. But everyone didn't really love Dorinda on uh, Ultimate Girls Drip 2. I actually did. I actually didn't have a problem with her. She did one or two things that were a little crossing the line. But generally speaking, I thought she was fantastic. What did you think of it? I thought she was pretty good. I, you know, she gave, I'm trying to think like, I think that because I did a whole show on this. I think I ranked Phaedra my MVP of Girls Trip 2. Just in terms of like, wow. But Dorinda was way up there for me. She really was. You know, I think that the two that just kind of didn't really do it for me, like Vicky didn't really do it for me kind of stuck out and i didn't think jill i thought jill like behaved herself like i didn't think jill caused mm. a lot of trouble at all so i think jorinda was kind of one of the main players of the whole show yeah i think i just love jill on the screen but you're right now thinking about it she didn't really push that hard but she still was a lovable watch but, but she i didn't think i mean i mean to cut you off i think that jill this is my own analysis i think that jill has learned some lessons i don't think that outing tamra's whole thing i think that was a minute of a setback for her not that she's going to be punished but i think jill this is my opinion she recorded andy she had this whole thing with bethany and she was off the show and unlike these other people like my friend Catherine edwards from beverly hills and people that really alex mccord who's moved to australia people that just go on with their lives that hasn't been jill there's no shade mm. to get back on the show and i think that jill learned something over all these years of being put on her own pause and when legacy opened that door and now there's a talk and then when, when the girls trip opened the door and now there's a talk of legacy which look there's no legacy show happening without jill zarin let's mm, just agree i think jill's like just shut the hell up jill and <laughs> behave yourself because the goal is this legacy which maybe if that goes on a couple seasons yeah I think, like, imagine wanting something, Ronnie, for 10 years, and now it actually, like, something that you would never get to get back, we're dangling this in front of you, and it's it's not even dangling. It's, like, 90% likely, and all you have to do is shut your mouth and keep your head down and just vanish. I think Jill, (laughs) as everyone else went in with their own agenda, I think Jill went in of, like, let me do the job, but don't act crazy jill i really do i really think she had this conversation with her don't start tweeting at andy and bethany and don't be just lay low i really do because to rewrite her reputation even yeah i i think that's exactly how she played i'm not knocking that right yeah and i do think she would be fantastic on legacy and if they if they lead it with the whole dorinda versus um jill i'm still into that too 
I don't like a redundant storyline, I said, but I don't mind this because I feel like there's more to go. And both of them are very much there to play. Like Dorinda's there to play. You know, Dorinda's the same thing. She didn't necessarily go on with her life either. She, you know, it hasn't been as long, but she's always wanted to kind of come back. Um, I don't know that I think the Ultimate Girls Trip 3 is going to be that great. It's Heather, Whitney, Giselle, um, Alexia from Miami, Candace from Potomac, Portia last minute, I believe, Leah and Marisol. I'm just not looking forward to this one, even based on the trailer. Yeah, I, I would I would probably be there with you. You know, I think it's also an interesting mix when you have like the first one of people on the show, the second one of people gone. Now we have some people there and some people not there. Mm, I right. think everyone who's not there uses it as their own audition. Um, just like what I said with Jill and Hey, it worked. We have Taylor Armstrong going back to the OC. So it works. I just think it's weird when you have people like Leah that have nothing to lose because they're voted off the Island and Portia. I mean, although Portia, I'm sure if it all worked out is welcome back in Atlanta, you know, it's, it's weird. I'm not, I don't well, feel it. it. As a Potomac fan, it makes me feel like, well, I have to watch Potomac to see what goes on between Candace and Giselle. But now I got to go watch ultimate girls trip because they're both gonna come. They're both gonna come back the next season, and we're gonna have stuff that we didn't see on Ultimate Girls Trip three that we were supposed to see. So, it's, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it as much. It may be good, but I wasn't one. I liked a lot. I love the cast. I love Melissa, Kenya, uh, even Cynthia. But um, two was really, really good. I li I liked it a lot. Three, I don't know. Um, wrapping out David Yontef of um, Behind the Velvet Rope. I just need to get your opinion on what's going on with Bethany. Um, what is her position with TikTok? Oh. I know on your podcast, you've sort of talked about this. Um, some of what she says has to be 100% right, but a lot of the way she's carrying it out might be 100% wrong. Uh, give me the story on this and what are your thoughts? I mean, look, I just... <laughs> I mean, the one statement when she's, I mean, she's on Shark Tank with Mr. One, when she's like, business is personal. I'm like, I don't know if I can get on board with that one. I don't know. I mean, look, she's not at the Lisa Rinna level of like, are you still in there and you've lost it? But I think I see it both ways with Bethany. It's like, if you have fuck you money and you want to prove a point, you know, why not? Right. Why not do this for the better of mankind? And then it's like, who that has money, doesn't matter how rich you are, smart business people don't go and waste their money. Right. Like people, I mean, most, if you look at it, corporations are afraid of being sued. Rich people are afraid of being sued. Right. So like rich people don't, unless they're really wronged, to the core. They don't go around suing people, right? So it's it's strange to me. And the people she's suing, I mean, TikTok, but like all the other people have like no money. So it's just like, I don't know, like, what are you doing? And look, if it's all for the right reasons, make a statement, change the law. I'm all here for it. And if it's just like, you say you don't want to be back on Roni, but you really want to be back on TV and you can't handle being out of the spotlight, I mean, and this is your new way of just, then it's like, oh, find a better way. Maybe there's a little bit of an attention seeking thing that she just can't let go because even it had been commented on a lot how her, her podcast started off being where she was interviewing, you know, CEOs and moguls and stuff like that. And it was about like how to become a mogul like her from Skinny Girl. And then now it's just like, I don't know what she, she just throws up anything. And it's usually about housewives, you know, great for commentary. And she's always been our commentary queen for sure. 
but like directionally where is she going i mean it makes a lot of sense you know right now the way content is going you don't really have a little protection when it comes to that i mean i think back in the napster days even though people hated on what's his name from uh what was the band metallica lars lars uh he did have a point he had a point that sort of made sense by doing this streaming and just you know pirating it or whatever it doesn't do good for the the musician and look where the record industry went so she has a point too i just i'm just a little i can't find it <laughs> that's that's the thing i'm like i'm not knocking her like there is a point it's just like you know it's because then she throws in like you know attack on the kardashians and this and that and it's just like I don't know. You know, I still think it's making her prime, which I don't think this is how you get it. But like, look, a talk show is not right for Bethany, but like a Larry King like type, like I'm just going to go on and be myself and just be really unfiltered, kind of like a Howard Stern shock jock, but not mm -hmm. Howard Stern. Let's not compare anyone to the God Howard Stern. You know, but I think there is a place for Bethany, but it can't be like a Drew Barrymore, Ross Matthews talk show where it's all flowers and rainbows, you know, but I don't know. She's got a lot to say about a lot of things. Yeah. And why? Like she should do, she should like get that big contract with like a serious XM, an interview series. It comes out once every week. She goes and, you know, creates a nutty interview or whatever, but they edit what they need to. It's packaged really beautifully, you know, the lighting's great, hair and makeup's great, and then it's just so good because her interview style is, like you say, so Howard Stern-ish or, you know, like polarizing, rather. And um, I think that would be great. That would actually be the best vehicle. But yeah, the talk show, I mean, we're having a hard time watching Sherry Shepard because the talk show just feels so funny now. It feels very unreal in a lot of cases but i wish her the best and and she'll be interesting but yeah it's like one minute's anti-kardashians and then the next it's anti-tiktok so hard to and keep up yeah and like you know like we talk like i talk on my podcast you know twice a week when i'm not interviewing but i mean i'm making money from that so to me it's like bethany i mean apparently doesn't do anything unless there's like a business like what's the end goal here because it can't just be like I mean, is it like, that's where it is. Like if there's some master plan, like everyone thinks with the makeup and I would agree, she has a master plan with this makeup and she's going to launch skinny girl makeup. And like, if Bethany has some plan in there, I'm all for it. If this is mm. just like, girl, you're bored and you want to share this with the million, two million, three million people that follow you. I'm the exact opposite. I'd like to never go on. like where we opened up. I'd like to never be on social media. I have no interest. So, well, let me, let me join you and be so clear with you about that. If I didn't have this damn, you know, podcast, which my goals are podcast, then to TV, then to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if it isn't involved, I don't even, I don't even, when I watch television or have a commentary, I don't even take it to Twitter. Cause I'm like, I don't, if, if there is no way that it's not circling back and I guess Twitter numbers are helpful, but if there's no way where it's not circling back, where you go to my show or you add to my Patreon account, by the way, patreon.com slash randomly Ronnie jr. If there's no connection there. I don't give a care what you think of what I think. Now, if you come to my show, you watch my YouTube, you go to my podcast, that is very much a different game. And you're right. We're not really seeing that with her. <laughs> we're just seeing. I say this all the time, word for word. If I, if this were not my job, you would literally text me or call the authorities because you would think that I was either kidnapped or, or passed away. I'm not kidding you. You would never see me on social media. I don't understand if you are not monetizing it or it's not tied to your job. I don't understand it. And same thing. I never 
it's I post all day on, you know, this episode and that episode and here are clips. Hey, from an episode from three months ago that you might have missed. And here's YouTube. And that's great. It's all I mean, the people that are following me, that's it's all about the show. And yeah, I'll DM people back and I'm nice. But like, I wouldn't I don't need to share my thoughts on anything. I don't know. I think that means we're self-actualized people that are not thirsty for clout. I just like I'm a break. I th and my my here's my reason, and we'll we'll end the show. I just like a break. I feel like it's funny when I talk to somebody, and my podcast has been going for a little while, but it ain't really booming, <laughs> and that's okay. Even though I've worked in radio for years, even though I've had television appearances and stuff, this is just a different time. But anytime I talk to somebody younger, they're always like, "Oh, well, you got to post more and tweet more and Instagram more and TikTok more and do a little shimmy on TikTok, like do a little Beyonce challenge." It's so much that I'm like, I, I love my work and I could get, I, here's what I can do. I could give you six episodes a day, an hour each. What I have a hard time doing is now taking to that, so, taking that to social media and saying, Hey, come listen to my show, which I know it's valuable, but I want to be in a place where we could just create really great work and we could tweet our work, but not so much where it makes us cringy, you know, uh, how else do we have self-love if we don't step away from it a little bit? So that's something I want to kind of work on. I want to be the epitome of somebody who succeeded because just because I'm not succeeding right now, David, baby, <laughs> I'm going to succeed. Listen. And I want to I want to be somebody who succeeded but didn't get caught up in being so connected to the damn phone. You know, I, I, that's a mission for me. It is a mission. That's why I said when I was opening up the episode, I was saying, I love that you went to Sag Harbor in the summer. I love. I thought you had a little more relaxing time, but I love that you prioritized yourself. The podcast and success is always going to be there, and that goes for everybody. So, I agree, and I'm not even so sure. Look, I think like you have to promote on the back end, but I'm not. I never get into like, oh, you post at this time, and oh I my goodness, I'm like. I don't even believe in all of that. I really <laughs> don't. I really, I think if you're on the different platforms and something is out there, I don't believe in, in, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I just think it has its moment. I, I do. One of the critiques I get from my younger friends who are doing successful in this industry, they'll say, Oh, Ronnie, what you do wrong is you always post four clips at a time. And I'm like, they're like, you should spread that out. And I know I'm supposed to, but I'm like, I don't want to be in my phone. Like, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to chunk them all out. And then after that, <laughs> chunk them out. Is that a word? I'm going to bank them, you know, in, in, in the Instagram or, or TikTok. But I don't want to be like, now I have to resort back to my phone. I want to talk to my real friends. I want to, I've lived in New York City. I'm in Los Angeles now. I want to go live life too. And I think you could do both. And I think maybe this is where we're all headed because the fatigue, you talk about fatigue of housewives, the fatigue of everybody with their damn brand and have to sell their brand 24 hours a day. I don't think it's going to last too long, David. I don't, I don't see it going too, too much further. Something's got to crack. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I mean, I think housewives is cracking. I think housewives is cracking. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, that's not going to be around in 10 years. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. One. You know, when who's going to be around in 10 years though. Who? Who's absolutely going to be around in 10 years? The Queen, Larsa. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's fine. I just, that's fine. I love her so much. All right, David, do you have any last thoughts? Uh, it is Behind the Velvet Rope. I mean, you put out so much content. I love the stuff that you do with Kim D on the weekends, which is a Patreon thing, I believe. And also with Sarah. What is the girl's name, Sarah? Frazier. So oh, it's three days so of interviews with celebrities, mostly reality people. 
Yep. Then the other three days is Sarah and Kim D and it's just kind of gossip and Kim D Patreon Saturdays is everyone's favorite day of the week because Kim just doesn't care. And she makes it her life's mission to investigate these things. <laughs> gets pissed off at something and then she comes back with real facts and people can't get enough yeah well i thank you for your time you have enough shows i'm glad you gave an hour and 20 minutes i'm very appreciative david go off and have a great rest of your weekend and we'll talk again you too keep me posted when this is coming out and i will share it everywhere absolutely always fun i'm gonna call this i have david on every quarter because this is the second time we did it but i don't like bug you every month but this every is- quarter let's let's just get together and do a powwow yeah I, I'm good with this. I have fun every time I'm here. <laughs> Thanks, Let David. I'll talk. I'll talk to you later. Team, All right, team, team Larsa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>